The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello and happy Monday afternoon. Monday evening, I guess now officially. 501, your start time here in the second hour of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson there. I'm AJ Salveson here. You are wherever you are and grateful to have you, however you are joining us, on a October 28th. That's right, we are just four days away from starting the month of November as you stare down the holiday season. Uh, hope you guys are having a fantastic Monday, better than what your weekend may have been if you're an Aggie fan, which was not very good. It is all football talk here. We're going to start with, well, what you don't want to start with, and that's the Utah State Aggie football game. That turned out to be an absolute disaster. Eric, Air Force Falcons, 31-7 winners over the uh, Utah State Aggies. And uh, for Utah State, they now fall to uh, 4-3 overall, 3-1 in Mountain West play. Air Force, yes, the Air Force Falcons are now 4-1 in Mountain West play. So for Utah State, they now have to hope that they can go and beat Fresno State, beat Boise State, and Wyoming and then finish off with New Mexico. They have a tough, tough rail to be able to at least have a chance to be in that Mountain West Conference Championship. Right, and they have to hope that uh, Air Force gets derailed somewhere along the way. Yeah. Because Air Force will have the tiebreaker. But, no, well, hold on, because Air Force lost to Boise State. Yeah, but if Utah State beats Boise, yeah, I guess it would be a three-way tie. So then, by the way, just so you all know, they have actually rearranged how they do that tiebreaker. You'll first start with the college football playoff ranking. Highest team there would get in. If no team's in the top 25, they move to winning percentage. If your winning percentage is the same, they go to most common opponent and your wins versus there. If that is all tied, they go within the, uh, sorry, it starts within your division of the most common component or opponent, and then they'll go to the other division, which would be San Diego State. And then they go to the winning percentage there, and they move all the way down. And by then, you should be able to figure it out of who has the best winning percentage, who would advance to the Mountain West Conference Championship game on December 3rd. Got it? Good. Now let's get to the game itself. It was ugly, to say the least. Uh, especially, it wasn't as close as that final score even No, indicates. 31 is very nice to us, in fact. Uh, for the Air Force Academy, one of five passing attempts. Well, excuse me, two of six passing attempts. That's right, two of six passing. For 24 yards, no picks, no TDs. So what did they do, Eric? They went to the ground. Yeah, why pass it when you get whatever you want on the ground? 448 yards. That's right, 448 rushing yards on 78 attempts. Timothy Jackson led the way on a solid 25 carries for 148 yards. He was averaging, Eric, averaging just under six. Him and Caden Rensburg, both just under six yards average on a carry. And what's crazy is like on third and five, third and six, third and seven, do you know what Air Force did? They got right underneath center and said, Jackson, Remsburg, get behind you, or Hammond, take it and go. They didn't throw once on third down, and they got, what was their third down conversion, Eric? Do you know? Uh, it was over 77%. It was about 77%. I don't even want to look at our picks. 77% I on third down. And that that's what bothers me. There's so much that bothers me about that game on Saturday, but that's one of the things that bothered me the most, the more and more I've thought about it, and what has stuck with me the most since that game late Saturday night is why Gary Anderson never 
called a timeout. Never. He never took a chance when it was third and long, even though there weren't very many of those three third down and longs for Air Force. But he never took a chance when it was third and long for Air Force to call a timeout, to rally his guys, to get them dialed in on the importance of getting Air Force off the field. Let me emphasize that one more time, Ajay. He never called a timeout. Never. And I don't. Uh, why? I don't know why. Especially when they held the ball for. F- think about this. He was roaming the sidelines, and he didn't look like he cared. Well, look, I mean, that may be uh, that's, that's, that's harsh. a little harsh. That's a little harsh. Yeah. Okay, but, but he didn't look like he was engaged, like he was trying to get his team fired up. Like, let's get these guys off the field. This is ridiculous. We can do better. How many minutes are in a football game? 15 times 4. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> 60. Air Force held the ball for 45 minutes and 43 seconds. They held the ball for three quarters for of the three game. Quarters of the Utah football State game. had one drive where it looked like that's Utah State football. One. The opening drive of the second half, when I they remember scored. right on that. Uh, yep, the catch to uh, the Mariner. Was yeah, that right? it was. It was a nice drive. It was some passing mixed in with a little bit of running, and then it was a great pass uh, over the right shoulder. The only person who could get that ball was Mariner. He grabbed it, gets in for a touchdown. It looked like okay. This is what Utah State needs. This is what Jordan Love needs. Here's a series that he's in rhythm. They're going. They're marching down the field. Maybe the second half is going to be different. These numbers, uh, nope. these, these final stats are going to kind of like punch you in the face if you haven't been punched in the face yet, uh, metaphorically, by this game. Uh, Eric, so 14 minutes and 17 seconds of possession time for the Aggies throughout the whole entire game. They were 1-9 on third downs. Meanwhile, Air Force... 10 to 13, as you mentioned. They had 114 yards total passing. Uh, they had 13, oh, excuse me, 14 yards rushing on 13 attempts. Their attempts nearly outdid their rushing. And here's the part that's the most craziest to me, Eric. Air Force had two turnovers. Utah State, zero. And the other thing, Air Force had four penalties for 40 yards Utah State didn't have a penalty the whole night. You look at those two numbers right there, you blank everything else out, and you probably, and you don't tell someone the final score, they're going to say, well, Utah State wins in a route. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, no penalties, no turnovers, and you still lose by 20. In that first quarter, Utah State stopped their force and created some turnovers and thought, okay, great job by the defense. Getting some stops. Here's a chance for the offense to strike big. You just created a turnover. You can shift momentum in your favor. Didn't do anything. So if those turnovers didn't happen, that's 14 extra points for Air Force. There was nothing USU was doing to stop them. They were going methodical down the field, chewing yards and clock, and whatever they wanted to do, Utah State couldn't stop them. Yeah, that's – and let me – before we go on to some audio, you'll get to the opening statement from uh, Coach Gary Anderson. Eric, I guess offensively, what are you worried about the most right now? If there's anything to be worried about, what scares you the most right now? That it's regressing. The offense is regressing. They cannot put together a drive. You can't tell me that the Air Force defense is better than LSU's. But Utah State against LSU was able to move the ball better against the Tigers. Yep. I mean, it wasn't great, especially in the second half. 
But no, th- that Air Force defense, they're not big, beefy guys that are physical and going to chase you down. I mean, yes, I'm not taking away from Air Force because they do have some talented players. But they're not better than Wake Forest, I don't believe. So what they were doing defensively wasn't shouldn't have been overly dramatic. They only rushed, what, four guys, dropped everybody else back, and they, they couldn't get a running game going at all. It, this, there was no... There was that one drive where they looked like, okay, the offense is going to do something. Where was that the entire game? I don't know. It, it just, it's hard to figure out what's going on there. So with that, let's go ahead and get to some audio. Um, I'm not sure. We got a tweet asking us to talk about the uh, the luncheon with uh, Coach Gary Anderson. Eric wasn't there, neither was I, so we're not going to make any comment because we weren't there. I'm not sure what was asked or the questions that were asked about it, um, but it would be unfair to Coach Anderson, the, the football program itself, if we were to critique something that we have really no idea about. So with all due respect, we apologize, but uh, that's just that's way out of our way out of our boundaries to be able to come up with something like that. So... Uh, let's go ahead and get to Coach A. Here's his presser, and it's his opening statement after the loss to Air Force. And, of course, they're ready to look forward to BYU. Obviously, big game. Uh, our kids are excited. Um, kids on both sides will be excited. Fans are going to be excited. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a good rivalry game. Um, BYU has beat some really good teams this year, uh, which we all know if you look and see what they've done. And um, Last game, obviously, against Boise was a, a huge victory for uh, for BYU and a very place to a tough place to go play. So we're looking forward to it. I think the key for us right now as we go, especially early on in this week, uh, speaking specifically as of today, is you know, the Aggies got some things to do to worry about the Aggies. And, uh, you know, obviously start to get a prep and prepare for BYU. But the most important thing you can do in any game um, is to make sure that uh, you do all you can to take care of yourself first. So we'll start with that. We'll move ourselves forward. And um, we're excited about the opportunity to get out and compete again. And, uh, you know, prepare like crazy. And away we go on Saturday night, late night kickoff. And um, two good football teams, I believe, are going to tee off against each other. And we'll see exactly what takes place. 8 o'clock Saturday night, ESPN2. You can find BYU and Utah State. But if you can't make it out, please make it out. There are tickets available. BYU's gave a bunch of them back because they can't get the fans there for a 3-4 and four football team that lost to South Florida. It's they, a blackout game. It's a blackout Remember game. Remember that? Yeah, it'll be, it, it'll be a really fun night. We'd love to... Love to see you all there. Uh, Eric, anything stand out to you in his opening statement at all? No. It's kind of what we've already talked about, huh? It's cliche coach speak. Fair enough. I, but, I mean, I'm just going to say. It's what you should say yeah. before any game that you have on your schedule. You know, you talked about the offensive struggles, and this is a really interesting statement. I want you to listen closely about halfway through about the way he talks about Jordan Love. Listen to this. Well, it's like I mean, as far as the offense goes, the same thing I tell the coaches, same teams, th- same things that uh, I communicate with the kids. Is there's, there's no crutch and there's nowhere to run, right? You have to understand uh, we are who we are, um, and it's our job as coaches to make sure that we work hard to get it where it needs to be to allow the kids to have an opportunity to compete um, and be successful. And that's 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 a coach's job. And then there's the job of each individual, and there's the job of each position group, as players, to take responsibility. And you know, I, I, I keep harping on it, and I'm not going to stop harping on it either, is because it's it, it all it all tends to just go to right back to to number ten, right? And that is the biggest cop out of any cop out that anybody can ever have. It's catch the ball, block, 
strain to keep him protected for one more second so the route opens up. And then make a play wide receiver. Run your route right. Break a break another tackle running back. Do a better job in protection running back. Take responsibility as a coach to understand, hey, we need to get him better. So, And I'm not saying that's not taking place, but I'm saying that's, that's the way a competitor reacts when you get yourself back into a corner. And that's where we are in offense. We're backed into a corner. So you better fight your way out of it. Um, and battle like crazy as a group to get yourself where you need to be. If you back into a corner and you start pointing fingers, then shame on you. Um, absolutely, 100% shame on you, and you don't belong anywhere near this football program. We're going to get into Ooh. those comments in just a bit. Juicy! Yeah, that's, uh, that is, there's a lot to dice up and dissect there. Uh, but first, before we do so, remember, you can call into the full court press anytime we're here. 435-752-1069. Uh, dial us up and give us your thoughts on that loss to Air Force or on this game upcoming game. Here is uh, here is John, though, with us, joining us on the Full Court Press. John, give us your thoughts, my man. Oh, geez. Let's see. What do I think? Uh, I think Dr. Zeus described it rather well as in stink, stank, stunk. That was literally that the worst game that was literally the worst game I have seen since the Brent Guy era. I totally agree. That, that I, I think it rivals some of those games. Yeah, it, it would definitely rival them, if not even surpass. We had more yardage in one play, any one play, last year than they got the whole game in uh Rushing yards, passing yards, well, okay, two plays. Well, the opening drive of the first half had more yards than they gathered in the entire first half. And then they didn't yes. do much more after that. Now, granted, their defense was stellar, really. They, I, you got to take your hat off to the defense, but they played three-fourths of the game. They were out. I mean, those poor guys are on the field all the time. Sure, they got gassed. Yeah, I. But they weren't. They were getting gashed all game long. It's not like yeah. they stood tough and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened late in the game because finally they got wore out. Air Force was consistent through the game and what they wanted to do and how, what Utah State gave up and allowed to happen. Yeah, that's, that's certainly true. They. I think I don't think Air Force poured it on like they could have either. Uh, that game very easily could have been a sixty-point ball game. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, there I, I think there's been two more scores at least if Utah State doesn't get those two takeaways oh, yeah, in the we, first half. Yeah, we give uh, we took two scores away from them on those uh, fumbles. Yep. But that's the highlight of the game for us. Couldn't say any better. Hey, thanks, John, for your phone call. Appreciate you, my man. Okay, talk to you later. That's how you do it. 435-752-1069. That's 435-752-1069. Yeah, there were... I have... We had discussions afterwards about the Brent Guy era. Ryan Bohm, who's on our KVNU game day uh, post-game Aggie call, played... In that time, during that time, with the Brent guy, and he said it was bringing back some dark memories. Of uh, Brent guy wanted to do a certain style of offense that his team was not built to do to handle, and so there were a lot of games that were pretty ugly 
uh, in those years. And Utah State got dominated a lot in those years. And since that time, I have not seen Utah State dominated quite like what I saw on Saturday night. I mean, offensively, there was nothing going except for one drive. Defensively, could not stop Air Force to save their life. So uh, just total domination by the Air Force Falcons. Uh, and then even they got a big long field goal too. So I mean, it just it, everything they wanted to do, they got uh, got over the Utah State Aggies. So this is a real key moment, I think, for this for this coaching staff and for this team. How do they react? How do they respond? Because we've seen the offense regressing. Well, there were times where we saw the defense still standing strong and still doing some good things, but we've seen a regression in the offense over the last three or four games. So here's a key moment for this Utah State staff and this team, how do they respond? How do they bounce back? Because right now, it's not looking great. I don't think they're... It, they're not playing like they can even make a bowl game. They need to only get two more games to be bowl eligible, but at this point, I don't even know if that's possible. Fresno State's not that great. New Mexico is not good, but those aren't certain. Wyoming's certainly not certain. Boise and BYU, uh-uh. So, I don't know. Uh, this this is a key week this week for USU to bounce back, reset, and find themselves because they're lost right now. They are they are a lost team. They've got to figure it out. We got another call in, and this is uh, from someone else. Another Aggie fan joins the show here. Go ahead. Okay, um, I was fairly disgusted with the Air Force game because Jordan hasn't been on his game this year. He really either needs to get his act together or he needs to let somebody else be the quarterback for a little while and rest them. Or, or <laughs> get a new quarterback coach. Mm. Either way. Mm. Um, I just want them to win. I want them to win. I know they can. The defense is awesome. So let's see what we can do with the offense. Let me ask you really quickly. How excited are you, though, about this Saturday for this offense, hopefully to be able to regroup and get ready for BYU? Well, they better be BYU. I hate it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the Aggie passion. That is a great answer. Hey, thank you so much for your phone call. Greatly appreciate you. All righty. All right. Take care. Thanks Bye. for the call. Bye. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting a, discussion, it, and that's a it was a theme that was going on Saturday night. It sure was. And Gary, that gets back to the clip that we heard before the calls. Gary saying it's the biggest cop-out that it's all on number 10. And then he listed all the different things that have gone wrong or are going wrong or aren't working right, either because of a running back or a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. And so he says it's the biggest cop-out to put all the blame on Jordan Love. Is because it's it, it all it all tends to just go to right back to to number ten right and that is the biggest cop out of any cop out that anybody can ever have it's catch the ball block strain to keep him protected for one more second so the route opens up and then make a play wide receiver run your route right break it break another tackle running back do a better job in protection running back take responsibility as a coach to understand hey we need to get him better so I agree with that. I think that there are a lot of things that need to be better. I think there's a but in there, though. But yes, it's clear Jordan Love is regressing. He was good against Wake Forest. Uh, that's a game Utah State should have won. 
Um, but he that was the beginning of some problems. He threw a lot of interceptions early. He hasn't thrown many since. But his his confidence is shaken. He's just a little late, or he's just not quite on time, or he feels like he needs to scamper when he doesn't. When there's pocket is still there to, to protect him, sometimes he's moving out a little bit too quickly. Now, the question about should he be benched, should they put somebody else in, I, I still don't think that's the right move. Um, uh, it, it seems to be a growing chorus that we're hearing that bench him even for one series to get him to reflect or reconnect or step away, whatever. Maybe that can work for some people, but I just I, I think there are a lot of things at play here. Jordan Love does bear some responsibility. I totally agree with Coach Anderson. He does not bear all of the responsibility. 435-752-1069. That's 435-752-1069. We're taking your calls up to 556. Let you have it. Now joining us here on the show, uh, Aaron. Aaron, what's your thoughts, my man? Yeah, so I was just a big fan of the show. You guys do great work. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Just thinking, I remember the first couple years of Coach Yost with Kent Myers, and I remember we fell off quite a bit and struggled when we put Jordan Love in that last year of Kent Myers. And so I think a lot of it, it's hard for the kids to get a whole brand new coaching staff and try and keep the same things as last year. Schedule's a lot tougher this year, and Air Force is always a hard game regardless of who's playing them. So I don't think I'd put too much stock into it. I think it was a butt whooping, but I think that we should be okay. Team from down south is going to get a butt whooping as well. So I'm excited for this upcoming Saturday. Blackout should be fun, but I think the Aggies will be all right. I don't know. Well, well I, I appreciate the optimism, and I think – Thanks for the call, Aaron. Yeah, appreciate thanks, you. Aaron. I appreciate that. I, I think he, he touches on a few things there that um, – Yes, Kent Myers plateaued, and he never really grew. Uh, I think the that's part staff, of the coaching problem, though, too. Well, and then Coach Yost came in, and he still didn't improve. And then they started to get Jordan Love in there because they had high hopes for this guy and saw what he could do. And eventually, Jordan Love beat out an experienced veteran quarterback. This is not the same situation. I But what I think he's trying to point out, too, is that there has been a change in the coaching staff. An offensive coordinator who said he wasn't going to change anything. He was going to change himself so that the players didn't have to change. I wonder how much of that is still the case. How much is he still holding to what was in place before, and how much is he trying to put his own stamp on things and do it how he's comfortable? How much has changed since spring ball? I don't. I can't tell you that. But clearly something is amiss with this offense where the confidence isn't quite there, the execution isn't quite there. Some of it could be that they're just trying to drink through a fire hose and just not able to figure it all out. So I don't know if they need to simplify a few things or or what, but it something needs to be adjusted. Now, I agree to the uh, the gal standpoint of, you know what, if Jordan Love can't get the job done, you got to move on to somebody else. How long and and look, I Jordan Love's a great quarterback and he's kept this and he, he's so calm and so cool and poised and he doesn't put the finger on anybody else. 
I mean, Jordan Nathan drops a wide-open pass, and that's been a theme also for the last three weeks, too, is yeah. drop passes, a lot of them. Plays that are there that just don't end up going for anything because they get dropped. And then there has been some times where it's been a one-hopper to CLC Mariner, or a one-hopper, an overthrown ball to, to rep. So with that, how long are you patient with this current situation of Jordan Love being the starting quarterback, and when do you say, you know what, if it's not working, it's not working, we need to move on? Well, I mean, well, before, and before I before you answer, I'm all, I love Love, and I love that he's a starting quarterback. I think you keep it there. But for how long? If things, if, and God forbid, but things downward spiral. I think Jordan Love still gives you the best chance to win ball games. Yes, oh, I couldn't agree more. And so... Uh, At this point. Unless he's throwing more touchdowns for the opposing team, um, then I think you, you, you still keep him in there. If it continues to regress and continues to be problematic, then you do have to have a long conversation uh, about trying to get your team in the best position to win. And if that involves a change at quarterback, maybe you have to do that. If you want to be bowl eligible, if you want to go to a bowl game, if you still want to compete for the Mountain Division to go for the right to win the Mountain West Championship, maybe you have to make some some tough choices. But I still think that I like Henry Columbi, but Jordan Love is better than Henry Columbi. Uh, right now, yes, absolutely. And Jordan Love gives you a better chance to win ball games when he's the starter, with, when he's on the field. And and I think and 100% agree with that, especially with the schedule that is upcoming. BYU uh, Fresno State, Wyoming, Boise State, New Mexico, I still feel like Jordan Love is your guy to get you through those games. I will at least gives you the best chance to get you through the games with a win. Look, he had a great game against Wake Forest. Um, he had a, a good game against San Diego State. The numbers weren't gaudy. They weren't outstanding. But he had a good game in that he managed the team to be in a position to win the game. And... Teams have been finding it really tough to beat San Diego State. The Aggies did it. And they did it for the first time in for forever. So Jordan Love was a big part of that win, making that happen. Yeah. But since that time, he's not been on. He's been okay. Sometimes he's been average. Sometimes he hasn't been good at all. But again, that. But he still gives you the best chance to win, in my opinion. And like you said, there's plenty of blame to go around. There's plenty of blame on the running backs, the offensive line, the receivers, especially at this time. It's not just on Jordan Love. There is absolutely possibly no way you put 100% blame on Jordan Love. It is a offense as a whole. Well, I saw this earlier. Somebody pointed this out. We're seeing what Jordan Love. Oh, it's. Well, maybe I should go back and try to find it. I don't know if I can do it in time, but basically that we're seeing Jordan Love, what Jordan Love would look like with last year's second string offense. And yeah. there there's there were no dynamic wide receivers coming back. COC Mariner was a nice addition. It's an almost completely new offensive line. Your running back situation is a little bit different. Yeah. So your tight end is different. So yeah, it's but at this point, this far into the season, none of that should matter anymore. You're, you've gone through spring. You've gone to veteran camp, full camp. Uh, you've, you're seven games into it now. It shouldn't, we shouldn't be having that conversation anymore. It, you, you, as Coach Gary Anderson said, we are who we are. Yeah. Uh, four, three, five. 
7521069. That's 435-752-1069. If you got any calls, thoughts, opinions, uh, questions, whatever it is, you can share it here on the Full Court Press, 435-752-1069. Lines oh, we, open got, till- uh, we got the dairy farm comment to talk about, too. We have dairy farm to talk about, and that offends me because my dad used to sell ice cream, so you better watch your mouth, young man. Dairy farms and cowbells. <laughs> and by the way, we still need to talk Region 11 high school football. And the weekend, the very successful mm. weekend they had, and for what a traveling uh, a lot of these teams have to go on now just to go play round number two. It's Eric France and Amaji Salveson, Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and RJ Salves in 532 your time here on the Full Court Press, Monday, October 28th, as we get ready for BYU. Yeah, that's right, that team down south. Coming to Utah State, Maverick Stadium, the last time they did, they walked away empty-handed and black and blue, not in the good way either, the Aggie blue we're talking about, uh, as they got marsh and trampled on two years ago, and they got trampled on at home, so they come back, and Aggies have some or a chance to do something that they've never done in this rivalry's history, win back-to-back-to-back games. Three straight times. But can they pick themselves up after the pieces that they left at the uh, in Colorado Springs at Falcon Stadium? 31-7 final. Falcons over the Aggies. 435-752-1069. You got questions, thoughts, concerns about this team? Call. Let us hear them. We'll see if we can calm you down. And we're your therapy. Okay? We are your therapy. Eric and Ajay here on the Full Court Press. I don't have the audio of this, but apparently... BYU's offensive coordinator met with some reporters down south, and he said that uh, he wishes USU hadn't even played at Air Force because it was like a bear being poked. Oh, wait. He says, we know we're going to get their best shot. You mean this? Man. Cowbells. Uh, I don't know. I actually see someone on Twitter that's like, Utah is going to come out playing like they're protecting their dairy farm, so... That's how I feel like they're going to come out. We're going to protect their dairy farm, and we're going to take over. That's the plan. Man. Huh. He wants to take over the dairy farm. You don't want that job, dude. It is bad, and you don't get paid a lot of money. Okay? <laughs> you get, yeah, That's try, shoveling a lot of poop. Now, we're not making fun of the dairy farmers because they do a great job. I'm just saying, you, sir, you would quit that job in about five minutes. It's too dirty for you. It's too hard for you. It's, it's not your type of... Uh, it's 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 for grown men, and you're not quite there, Mister Dayon Kaluku, whatever your name is. That your team is so poo poo. <laughs> I have muted everything that is BYU though. I've uh, tried to. Okay, so making quote unquote jokes about Utah State and its agricultural significance are old. Uh, it's nothing new, especially coming out of people in Provo. Um, but, uh, it also, in doing so, I don't think you recognize the value that the agricultural industry provides. Yeah. My dad sold ice cream for 20 something years, man. We blessed many lives, many lives selling ice cream to those people out there in the world. You gotta be. Watch your language. If you've been to a modern dairy farm lately, it's all robotics and, uh, very technologically advanced. I mean, come on now. Don't be bagging on the dairy farm. 
Is that I, I saw somebody pose this question. Is that going to be the new nickname for the stadium up here, the Dairy Farm or uh, the Farm? Uh, I know Stanford has the Farm as kind of uh, one thing that they use, but why not just wrap your arms around it and say, this is who we are? So uh, everybody bringing cowbells to the stadium Saturday night, dressed in overalls and flannel. Why not? I mean, it's a blackout. So maybe you, you, you can find black. some black overalls. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, good leather. luck with that. Yeah. I was going to say no, no big deal. But uh, yeah. Uh, but, some people are like, oh, I can't believe you said that. I'm actually oh, seeing quite a few, quite a few Aggie fans saying, hey, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're going to protect good. our house. Yeah. It was good. We're oh, going to protect our dairy farm. Yeah. And we, we do have we a lot of dairy farms. We are going to go win this for the dairy farmers of Cash Valley. That is our goal. Is to go win this game for the dairy farmers of Cash Valley. That's that should be what it's all about, Eric. Not about the old wagon wheel. Hey, old- it's a trophy game, and that's cool. Utah State's held on to that trophy two years in a row. Can they make it three? And if they do, um, man, the BYU would be zero uh, and eleven. Versus Utah and BYU, and then if you would last have, stretch, if you would have added Boise State in there, it's even worse. But Boise State ends up choking one to BYU, so there's that. <laughs> we'll get into more about Utah State and BYU throughout the week. We got plenty to get in about Utah State and BYU throughout the week, so uh, don't you worry, Aggie fans. You'll get your BYU and Utah State talk right here on 106.9 The Fan. Uh, Ajay, can I shift quickly to Region 11 football? Yes, we actually need to. Okay, what a weekend for the high school teams in the first round of the 4A playoffs. Dominating. Just total domination for teams in Region 11. Now, granted, uh, Skyview and Green Canyon did not play because they have the first round bye. But for everybody else who did play, it was incredible what they were able to do um, in their uh, in their openers, just total domination. Mountain Crest had a, the most incredible score, seventy-one to, to six. Seventy-one to six. Winning anyone? Yes. Uh, Ridgeline beating Hurricane on a Saturday afternoon, forty-eight to thirteen. Newsflash: I am special, and I will never be one of you. Excellent. Bear River shutting out Ben Loman, thirty-one to nothing. Rhymes with winning. Anyone? Yeah, that would be us. And then Logan beating Ogden 62 to 27. I'm going to hang out with these two smoking hotties. <laughs> Total domination, AJ. I mean, is the 71 points. playoff okay, system, look. is it really working? Is it really worth it, what just happened this y- past week? You know, week? I tweeted out something about this, and I said, what RPI have you done to the football world of high school? Like, it, it did absolutely no good. So you're telling me you went to had to travel all these miles, knowing they were going to get beat by Mountain Crest, and then get beat by Mountain Crest, not just beaten, but just destroyed. You were down 46 to nothing or whatever at halftime. So you go in and tell your kids, hey, kids, don't worry. We're going to get, uh, we're gonna get lunch uh, after the game. We're going go to Mickey D's and get a cheeseburger or something. And then it's 71 to 6 to end the game. 71 to 6. The combined scores 212 to 46. 
Oh my god! If you put that into just one game as representation, fifty-three to eleven and a half. Thank you to Hurricane John Newbold for running the math. Yeah, because I wasn't doing it. So does that the way that they opened up the playoffs? Now all these teams have to go on the road. Do you see chances for the for their winning ways to continue, or just that first round they played some really really bad teams? Because now the situation is Logan has to go to Park City, the number one team in 4A who hasn't lost a game yet. Bear River has to go to Pineview, who lost in the opener the season to Ridgeline. Uh, Mountain Crest goes to Stansbury. Ridgeline goes to Dixie. Stansbury is the lowest rated of those teams. They are a six seed, or at least six in the RPI. Um. Uh, of all of them, I think that Mountain Crest probably has the best chance. They do, but their defense is going to have to bolt up because Stansbury is not going to give up 71 points to you. No. No. And your offense is, look, your offense looked great, but you played a really, really, really bad Uinta team. I mean, extremely bad. 71, by the way, is a school record. Think about all the games and all the great offenses that these teams have played. Right, with Ryan Zimmerman, Travis Cox, uh, other guys, down Brandon McBride, uh, Jesse Ma. I mean, all these great receivers and offensive players, 71's a record. And this is a team that scored 25-plus twice. And they put up 71 versus Uinta. It's not a good football team. So uh, your defense is going to get a really stiff challenge on Friday evening. The other things that we do know, we now know who Green Canyon and Skyview will face. Uh, Scott, the, in the game that uh, preceded Cedar and Crimson Cliffs, that was a close game, 21-19. to And so Cedar won, and so they'll be traveling up to Cache Valley. That game will be Friday at 3 o'clock, by the way. It's an early kickoff for them. And Skyview will play a similarly named school, Cedar Valley, beat Canyon View 40-19. to so Cedar Valley will make the trip up to Smithfield to take on the Bobcats. That game will start at 5 o'clock. Uh, by the way, the Logan game will be at 5. The Bear River game will be at 4. Mountain Crest will be at 5. And from what I understand, Ridgeline at Dixie will be at 4. <sighs> High school football playoff time is always the best time. It Well, so it, on Friday, we're going to have all six teams in Region 11 playing. <laughs> Everyone's going to play. Oh, hey, when are we announcing the all-region team? Well, i got to get all the uh, nominations in first. I got mine in. Still waiting on a few guys. <coughs> Craig Gislip. <coughs> Craig! Come on, dog. Tommy Sorensen. Come on, boy. Logan Jones. Oh, really? Nick oh, Dollinger. Those guys aren't turning in theirs. You kidding me? Josh Anderson. Oh, Nick's not turning in his either. <laughs> Nick ain't gonna do that. Are you I joking don't know. Me? What, I don't know how much to expect to come from the color guys, but it would be nice if I got all the play-by-play guys to get theirs in. Yeah, yeah. Color guys you don't mean anything. <laughs> We're just looking for the play-by-play guys. That's all we need. And by the way, we've got some homers on that list. You put homers on your list? No, I no. I'm telling you, we put we put like the like the people who vote. Some of them so are the homers. challenge. The challenge that we have here, the way that we've structured, the way we do these broadcasts, you guys don't see every team. 
in region yeah, play. Yeah, but it doesn't mean yet There's to- only one broadcast crew that sees every team, and that's the Bear River crew. Uh, so there is a challenge where some guys you you don't see the other some other teams, and so you are left to uh, rely on other sources to try to determine who's on your list. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna fall for that one. They know. I mean, I could have put everybody from Mountain Crest as the kicker, the line, the defensive line, the quarterback, the receivers, and the MVP. But I realized what would the what would have been the punishment. I would have been called a homer, so I didn't do that. I was better than that. But but the opinion for me is that the best players will still rise to the top because there's so many people who are That's involved true. and who participate and submit information. Uh, the best players will uh, will be recognized. So it's really cool that we get to do this. We did we had a, uh, a lot of fun doing it last year. We're gonna do it again uh, because we've had so many different uh, people out covering these games. Uh, get all of their thoughts collected and put together really I believe the most comprehensive all region team that you can that you can put together with so many people covering so many games. You know what? When parents when parents call me though and tweet me and text me that their kid didn't gonna make this I mean, do you know what I my reaction is gonna be? It's not gonna be very good, Eric. <laughs> you know what? This is crap. We're going to stop this. I agree, Dr. Phil. <laughs> that is going to be my reaction if this thing goes south on me. Uh, this RPI system is a joke. They need to change it. They need to make some adjustments to it. I hope they realize it as much as we do. Players, fans, and media alike. I, 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 it's not good. I can appreciate giving everybody a chance to do something. That's the world we live in today. I don't agree with it. But when you're sending an 0-9 team on the road somewhere... Do they really want to go play one more game where they get smashed? Yeah. Where they Do they out. really want to travel away from home five hours on a bus to get their butts kicked hard and then get on a bus and travel five hours back home again? Is that right. really fun? So Is that really entertaining? Is that worth it? Is that like saying, congratulations, you get more punishment? Now you get to go. You get to go to Mountain Crest and get beat seventy-one to six. Or did we just say, you know what, Region Eleven is just better than we're giving them credit for? No, they're no, they're not. No, they're not. Well, I'll, Green Green Canyon and Skyview are pretty good football teams. Really good football teams. Mountain Crest can be. Bear River can be. Ridgeline has its moments, so they are very few and far between. Logan, they're young. New coach, new system. I mean, it's just, it's all new for them. Would I like to see every team get out of the win? Sure, absolutely. It'd be great. But, I mean, when you have to take a team to Pineview, take a team to Park City, right, to face an undefeated minor squad, it's tough. Hey, look, the bottom line here is Region 11 teams, all of them, have confidence rolling into this next round. Yeah. They all feel like, hey, we got a good win. We got to work on some things. If you're the teams that had the bye week, you've had a chance to rest and get better. And now you have a chance to um, you know, show what uh, what you're all about. Sure. Against a team that had to struggle to get to where they are. That's a good point. All right. We got to take a break because we're way, way, way overdue for a break. 
We're going to take a break, come back. Uh, we'll talk some other Mountain West Conference football action. We'll also get into some Top 25 action here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson on the Full Court Press, 550 your time. We're about to wrap it up and call it a night. Okay, listen, this is it. Eric, let's make a commitment to each other that we will not gripe about this Air Force game after tonight. Eyes locked in on the Cougars from Tuesday through Saturday night. Minds, mentally, emotionally, we are locked in on BYU and getting ready for the uh, Tabernacle uh, Choir. <laughs> We're protecting their I'm uh, with you. I'm good with that. It's one you want to burn the tape and forget about that it ever happened. I mean, you got to learn from it, but... It's one to put in the back of your mind and move forward. Yeah. By the way, every year when Utah State plays BYU, somebody puts out a stupid poll that says, who has the better creamery? BYU creamery or Aggie ice cream? And every year, Aggie ice cream flat out dominates. Yet every year, somebody puts out a new poll. Which one is better? Aggie ice cream or BYU creamery? Well, crap. Did you not see what happened last year? So KSL is doing it now this year. Uh, I think, um, who was it? Uh, Daily Herald did it a year ago with somebody who had never set foot on campus. She, the person who wrote the article had n- no knowledge at all about Aggie ice cream and tried to make it sound like it was this close contest. Uh, anyway. Hey, so really quickly, for those who missed it, Diane Gadakogawaka of BYU uh, said this. Cowbells. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I actually see some on Twitter that's like Utah State is going to come out playing like they're protecting their dairy farm. So that's how I feel like they're going to come out. ready to protect their dairy farm and we're going to take over. That's the plan. In response, uh, one Quinn Ficklin decided to go ahead and retweet that and put in his two cents, which makes it about five cents. All of our. <laughs> Bovine experience came in handy last year as we knelt it out in the fourth quarter to milk, quote-unquote, the clock. Ha! <laughs> Clever. Love it. Uh, Quinn. Granted, uh, Ganwoloku, that's how you pronounce his last name, he was not, that's not his original idea. He's talking about a tweet that he saw. Somebody said that about Dairy Farm. But, yeah, own it. Sure. Utah State's going to protect their territory. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm warning, Bring your cowbells, everybody. I'm warning you, if you need to mute anybody, do it on, <laughs> on social media. Hey, it was an interesting weekend in the Mountain West. Uh, San Jose beating Army. San Jose put together a nice little yeah, schedule what the so fetch? far. Come on. 34-29. to 29. Uh, Nevada looked horrible. They are, they are not good. Uh, they had to make a different change at quarterback because of academic reasons. Wyoming beats them 31-3. to Hawaii beat New Mexico. New Mexico's not good. Their quarterback has been suspended because he was exposing himself. Uh, Colorado State beat Fresno State in Fresno. Fresno's not the same team we thought they were, I don't think. Um, and then San Diego State and UNLV, it was a late field goal 
that uh, went awry that secured the victory for San Diego State. Not really an impressive win for the Aztecs. UNLV had their chances in that one, but still, the Aztecs got it done. They're knocking on the door of the top 25, Ajay. Uh, they're very, very close to being ranked. They're just outside the rankings. Are they really? Yes. And, and, and San Diego State In fact, they are, they are ranked in the yeah, AP. Sorry. They are ranked 25th and uh, 25th. 25th in the AP, 20, effectively 26th in the coaches' poll. Uh, Wyoming is getting some votes, and so is Air Force in the coaches' poll. Wow. <laughs> uh, speaking of top 25 action, SMU 34-31 winners over Houston. That's a big one because for those teams looking as a group five, they want to get in. College game day is going to go to the game between SMU and Memphis this week. I, I like that. I like that they're actually changing up the locations. I'll- I do too. Alabama, easy winners, 48-7 over Arkansas. LSU, that team is as good as advertised from the beginning. 23-20 winners over How Auburn. are they not the number one team in the coaches' poll? I don't. They are in the, in the AP. This is their third team they have taken down that was in the top 10. Nobody has had a schedule to this point like they've had. I don't know why LSU is not your unanimous number one. Uh, yeah, ask the committee. I'm not even going to touch that one. Ohio State dominates Wisconsin from the get-go, 38-7 winners. Not from this get-go necessarily. It was a close game in the first half. It was pretty much anybody's game, but they really dialed it up in the second half. All right, fine. So they were up 10 nothing. But that Ohio time. State linebacker, what's his name, Nick Young? Yeah. He's getting into the running for Heisman. He's so dominant. Very quickly. Clemson, 59 win- winners over uh, Boston. 59-7 winners over Boston College. How about this when Oklahoma Sooners who uh, had their playoff hopes all but dashed, really. Losers, 48-41 to Kansas State. Yeah, that was a big shocker, and they dropped in the polls. They're down to number 10 in the AP and number 9 in the coaches. Michigan beats Notre Dame for a Jim Harbaugh season-saving win, 45-14. Oregon winners over Washington State, 37-35. Utah dominates Cal, 35-0. Utah has a shot at that college football playoff, Eric. They <laughs> uh, Oregon... That was a crazy finish. Uh, if Washington State pulls that off, Utah is definitely in the discussion. Uh, so, uh, did, did Utah move up, by the way? They did, just a little bit. And then there's another upset. TCU took down number 15, Texas. That's your so a couple mo- different upsets in top 25 college football. We'll talk to you Tuesday.